As always, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by my company, Horns of Odin. Now at Horns of Odin, we specialise in making handcrafted bespoke drinking horns. But that's not all we do. On the website, we stock a huge range of items from other independent small business people. So we have jewellery, leatherwork, blacksmithing and woodwork. This week, we've restocked on our wooden runestones and we've also added some beautiful hand pyrographed candle holders to the website. So head over to the website www.hornsofodin.com to check out the full range. Don't forget that if you use the code HORNS10, that you get 10% off the website and that's exclusive for the listeners of the podcast. So head over to the website www.hornsofodin.com and use the code HORNS10 to get 10% off. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Things From Another World. Now, Things From Another World are an amazing website which stock over 30,000 pop culture products and they've just added 1,700 new comics and items to their website. They stock everything from comics, toys, statues, apparel, graphic novels and tons of other collectibles from all the major manufacturers including DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, Hasbro, McFarlane, Tokyo Pop and Disney. They also stock the full Diamond Distributor catalogue. Basically, this means that you can pick up the newest comic books as soon as they hit the shelves. Not only do they stock the newest comic books, but they also have a huge stock of classic graphic novels. And if you don't know what to get, a couple of my personal favourites are Sandman, Preacher, Hellblazer and Watchmen. And they also offer shipping worldwide, which means you can take advantage of what they offer no matter where you are. So head over to their website by clicking the link in the show notes and find the perfect gift for a loved one or a cheeky little treat for yourself. Remember to click the link in the show notes so they know that we sent you. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our other sponsor, Idle Sleep. Now Idle Sleep are one of the top mattress companies in the USA and they offer the longest risk-free trial on the market at a whopping 18 months. Now that's 548 days which is five times longer than the other top competitors. Their best-selling mattress is the Hybrid. Now, the Hybrid has revolutionary buoyancy foam, which which offers 400% more support than regular memory foam. And it also has 1,000 smart support coils to give you the best support and the best night's sleep possible. They also have double-sided mattresses. Now, this used to be common until mattress companies saw a way to double their profits, now, I don't believe in value and longevity, which is why they're bringing it back. So flip it over and you get up to double the life. They offer free and easy returns with no questions asked. Right now, Idle Sleep are running a huge fall sale and are offering a whopping 25% off store-wide plus two free sheets plus two free pillows. So to get all of that, all you've got to do is enter the code fall 25 at checkout so click in the link of the show notes to check out their full range of products and enjoy a great night's sleep and take advantage of that amazing offer remember click the link in the show notes so they know that we sent you right let's get into the show Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, co-owner of the company Horns of Odin. 
and I'm joined as always by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everyone. At uh, this time, we have uh, well, for me at least, a, a local legend um, of Denmark, Colin Dale of the Kunstenbrokoppen, um, the Art on the Body uh, Tattoo uh, Studio. Uh, one of the OGs of Viking and you know, prehistoric tattoos. I think uh, anybody in Denmark knows knows your designs and uh, your, your your art. So, uh, Colin, um, welcome to the show. Um, it's it's an honor to have you here. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. Um, I'm I'm not at Kunstmakropen anymore. That's where I started out. Um, Kai, Kai's, uh, you, you were talking with him a few uh, episodes back, and he's he's took and taken it over. After uh, Eric retired, um, he came up and um, and sort of took uh, my spot when I started uh, my own studio, uh, Skin and Bone, about uh, ten years ago. Oh, that's right. Yes, Skin and Bone. Yeah, sorry. No, I've it's like uh, I'm just like used to associating you with constant problems. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, was, that was your time when you were living here. So <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you're exactly. only ten years out there. It's not not much. <laughs> So, say, so, I mean, Colin, that's quite quite the introdu- um, introduction from Mateus. Not everybody gets gets one quite that nice. Thank you. So, I mean, you are kind of the kind of one of the uh, like he says the OGs, the legends of the the Nordic tattooing world. Um, I'm, I'm I'm just older than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you when did you start? What well, let's let's go right back to the beginning. Did you always do? Did you train in like other forms and then come into kind of like the Nordic style after, or was that always where you wanted to go? Well, I was I was I was always interested in, in tattooing and um, and cultural art, um, and uh, I I was uh, taking a university degree um, in fine art, and um, just uh, yeah started um, going and taking uh, classes in in indigenous art and and. Um, and started falling across uh, yeah a lot of these um, yeah traditional tattoo designs that you see when when you study indigenous art, and that that interested me, um, especially the Japanese and the Native American, uh, the Inuit, and um, yeah, and when I finished my uh, my art degree, um, I had somebody that offered to give me an apprenticeship. But instead, I went uh, went traveling, and I just sort of never never came back. So uh, <laughs> then, then there was sort of a lull. Uh, I spent um, I, I was still interested in it, and when I finally settled in Denmark, I I tried to get started over here, uh, find a place to apprentice. I, I didn't want to just learn on my own, um, but it took many years because at that time there there wasn't so many. Wasn't so many uh, tattoo studios uh, as there is now, and um, if you didn't know somebody, then it was hard to get into the business. They'd usually take somebody that they knew before they took somebody just off the street. So it took me about yeah five five years or so before before I finally found found a place that would take me in. And uh, yeah, then then it was just sort of by default. Uh, yeah, he he would he was losing uh, the. Yeah, Eric, he was losing the uh, the girl who was working there, and um, I just sort of happened along at the right time. That's that's usually the case. It's kind of the right place, the right place, right time, and and that's that's that. 
I mean, it seems to be it seems to be a really common occurrence of of people who are studying artwork end up in tattooing. And I don't know if that's maybe there isn't that much money in in art. <laughs> no, no, it, it, yeah, there there wasn't much money in tattooing at that time either. Um, you got to realize that this this is back in the eighties, nineties, and and um, you know there was there wasn't the big boom that you have now. Um, just in the last you know twenty years, um, there's probably five times as many tattoo tattooists as there was, uh, you know, 20 years ago. It's just been insane. It's just exploded. Do, do you see that as a good thing? Or, I mean, do you kind of like see as a positive that the tattooing is getting bigger and there's there's more people accepting it? it it's, it's been good for business. I'm, I'm just not always sure if it's good for tattooing, um, the, the, the craft itself. Um, because now you also get a get a whole influx of a lot of uh, a lot of people wanting to get into tattooing that maybe wouldn't have even considered it before. Um, when when I got into tattooing, it was because I thought tattooing was really cool. Um, nowadays, you find a lot of people wanting to get into tattooing because they want to be cool. Yeah, and I guess, and I guess the money the money always helps, doesn't it? People. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, there wasn't the money. We'd have to save yeah. up during the summer summer months, go and work really hard, save up the money, and then in the winter you'd have like you know weeks, uh, months without without too much work. Um, over Christmas and stuff, you'd be going for a couple weeks and not even have an appointment. So you'd sort of save up for for the winter, sort of like the like the grasshopper. <laughs> well, act like the ant. <laughs> the grass <laughs> yeah i bet you miss those times now though because i imagine you don't get too many quiet spells no no but it, 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 it's all good um i i think i think it's been nice that the tattooing has been more open to uh to the public um more people are getting interested in it and it's also opened up um a lot of areas uh especially with cultural tattooing that uh maybe wouldn't have been open before like 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 i said you know like 10 10 20 years ago there there, there was only like eric and me going and doing like and and Jorn, uh, over in Aarhus, uh doing nordic designs and other than that there there wasn't really anyone um but now now just in copenhagen you you got like five four or five studios uh specializing just in nordic design so People are getting interested in the culture, and it's expanding. And it's, it's not just the Nordic culture; it's, it's also many, many other cultures, Polynesian culture, and, and uh, Borneo, and, and everybody's getting into their roots now, which just what wasn't happening before. So it's it's really good thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of you know in a Danish context, Inuit uh, getting ta- like traditional tattoos now. Um, in, in Greenland, I, I I think that's really really awesome. Um, the revival of Inuit tattooing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see when when because I I, um, I, w- I was playing around with it a bit because uh, with um, my studies with uh, in Canada and more indigenous type of tattooing, um, I got interested in that as well. And then when I started tattooing, I, I became interested in, in the in the techniques. Uh, the different hand tattooing techniques as well from different cultures, especially the cultures where it sort of died out. Um, my 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 interest was more uh, from a archaeological side, uh, more through um, a lot of the mummies and and uh, stuff like that. I, I sort of tried to go and take that and bring it bring it over into the Nordic because we we'd lost 
sort of every everything that we had. Um, we had no idea of uh, what the tattoos were here in the north. Um, we have no idea what the tools were used. So we have to go and look at other indigenous cultures to go and get some hints and start going and rebuilding our own culture. Mm. So you're you're on board with uh, when I say that the Vikings did tattoo. Uh yeah. <laughs> it'd, it'd be silly silly to say that they didn't. Um, oh really? Yeah. There 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 are they th- think a few people going and getting confused now because um, now now you have um, a lot of people going and getting Nordic tattoos, but um, there's their um inspiration has been from a lot of pop culture now so uh it's a lot of the viking series and a lot from the avengers and and uh how to train your dragon and and all all of these uh these programs yeah i've I've seen a few ragnar tattoos on the side of the head yeah 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 everybody's seeing those now that's that's (laughs) always quite a common one but 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 it's it's yeah it's good that people are getting inspired um so yeah you, you can't can't really uh take anything away from that um no, absolutely not but but at the same time um yeah it's it's nice to if if they start going and uh looking more towards the um the cultural designs as well um rather than um stuff that's like made up fantasy designs mm-hmm. mm. and and the cultural ones are are always in my opinion anyway so much more beautiful than anything that you see on the fantasy side of things anyway. So, so I don't know whether it's that people, some people don't know the right avenues of the cultural side to, you know, where to look and who to find in the right tattoo artist to, to contact. So, or whether it's just maybe some people are, are lazy and they go for the first, cause that's the, the other thing. People are quite, people want things now and, you know, they see something and it's like, I, I, I want that now. And they don't want to wear, you know, like, especially Sean Parry's done quite a lot of my work and, you know, you've got to wait a while. You don't just turn up and walk in. And I assume that's probably the same with you, Colin. You know, you've got a little bit of a waiting list. And But if, you know, when something's going on your skin for forever, it's, it's worth waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Did I did I ever tell you about the, the, the couple of emails that I've been, you know, I, I get emails from people who, you know, once in a while get a tattoo of some runes and then, then they decide to email an expert and asking you, do you know what this says? <laughs> I mean, that, that's happened a couple of times. <laughs> oh, one, one of my favorite favorite ones is uh, there's a there's one on Pinterest that everybody's getting because it because it includes everything. You you got Ugdrasil. You you have the the ravens. You you have. Oh, I know, I know exactly the one you mean. You, you have the compass. You have the compass, and and and, and you have the 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 um, the um, uh, the old Nordic ruins that are going and writing an English text of Tolkien. Um, and it just try, tries, tries to cram everything in, into one little design, but, but it's so many different, different styles. So, so it, yeah. You, you'll know the one if you see it, Matthias. It's, uh, it, it, it's quite, it, it, I guess it's almost quite like 90s Celtic looking in design as well. Um, I know the yeah I know the one that you're meaning, and that's the one that I see pop up on Facebook groups yeah, yeah. time and time again. Of the the pro- problem is people are, are so used to this um, you know like instant gratification and and being able to find everything on the net, 
And a lot of times they'll go on like Google, you know, like Nordic tattoo, Nordic dragon tattoo, Nordic this tattoo, Nordic that tattoo. But just if if they would just drop the tattoo on their search. <laughs> yeah. Just just write like Nordic dragons and then, then try to go and find some of the, the, the original designs and build something off of that. But every time they go and like put tattoo, then then it ends up going to the same ten designs on Pinterest uh, that everybody else has. Yeah, and that that's really good advice. Actually, my my old tattooist gave me that when I was looking for for kind of I've got a wolf on my ribs, and he was like, "Don't look for wolf tattoo designs. Look for pictures of wolves. Like, I'd much rather look at a, you know take my design from a wolf than look try and copy someone else's tattoo." And and as soon as he said it, it was like. You know that really makes sense. Why did I not just think of that on my own? <laughs> you know, actually, yeah, my my tattoos uh, are my own designs, largely. Yeah, that that that's a nice way. Yeah, I don't like to start with just a blank slate. Uh, I, I like them to come with an idea, sometimes a sketch. It, it it doesn't have to be good. It can be like an absolute shit drawing that went and did. But if if it gives me inspiration, then it makes my my job easier. Mm-hmm. Mm. absolutely so Matthias, i'm gonna to have to pull you back because i've been waiting 30 episodes of this podcast for you to tell me the stories about people who must message you with bad tattoos of like <laughs> of what runes say i mean you don't have to name any names but I, you must have some good examples of of some that are just a nightmare and you probably do have as well to be honest colin <laughs> so i mean i I I get yeah I've gotten like a handful of of emails from people that sent me a, like a picture of a tattoo that they uh, got and they're asking like oh do you know what this says <laughs> and you know in in most case, in cases it's just gibberish mm-hmm. it's like a, a, a there was one that sent me an email and they had gotten uh, like a Ragnar style tattoo like on the, the side of their head. Um, and it was just like, well, mm. <laughs> it didn't say anything at all. <laughs> so so do, you, do you reply politely explaining that or do you just do dude, 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 I'm reply? a busy scholar. I don't have time to reply to emails like that, unfortunately. <laughs> also i don't know i like i mean i don't want to be the bearer of bad news here (laughs) like yeah as long as they're happy with it then then it's a good tattoo because if you criticize it you you are not just criticizing the tattoo you're also criticizing the person because they Mm -hmm. they they can't get rid of this it's on there so so it's like in a personal attack and they'll they'll defend themselves to the death this real shit tattoo they'll they'll defend it um yeah. i mean you've kind of got to haven't you really when it's well, even though they, they know it's shit themselves but yeah yeah i mean this, this reminds me of a friend of mine who recently had a tattoo and he's got like he's a really beautiful bird piece on his neck and then a couple of months later the tattoo artist it come out they'd been sort of sexually inappropriate with some of his clients and so the tattoo artist had then kind of you know been blacklisted and and sort of cancelled and, sh- and shamed but another mate of mine asked you know asked, asked my friend was like you know do you think people look at that and recognize his work and look badly on it and he got really defensive obviously like, why the fuck would you say that this is on you know it's on my neck <laughs> so it's that it's that kind of that kind of line is 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 once you know if something happens in the future does that work still kind of relate to them it's uh 
yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a weird one. Uh, you know, a portrait of of uh, Gary Glitter or something back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we spoke about that this a couple of weeks ago about you know like different you know music bands like you know if someone does something wrong, does that mean you can't listen to their entire catalog of music? Mm-hmm. But when especially when there's other members in the band, it's kind of it's a it's a t- it's a tough one. But equally, you can't go listening to Gary Glitter with the windows down, driving down the street. So that's that's not really acceptable. Well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's a uh, from the scholarly perspective, actually, the I, I, we tend to say that uh, um, you know the, the artwork speaks for itself; it stands alone. Once it has been created, it has also been released from 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 the hands of the artist, and doesn't necessarily. Uh, have anything to do with the artist that's a you know typical uh approach to especially literature you know don't 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 read biographies into a literary text that has been written by somebody right um so i think to some extent you could at least at least say that yeah especially with tattoos it's the per- it's on the person's body it's them that owns it so yeah well yeah that, i mean it's funny that you, that you say that because i remember a few years ago, there was, uh, I can't remember if it was FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer. It was one of the, the, the kind of video, football video games. And they wanted to, they wanted to do, because obviously they get very lifelike now, they wanted to put the tattoos of the player on the character within the game. And what, and the tattoo artist ended up suing the game, mm-hmm. saying that it was his artwork, even though it was on the football player's body. He was like, well, I, you know. And same with the Mike Tyson tattoo in, in the in the uh, Hangover movie as well. Okay, yeah. So I, I always wondered how that kind of worked because I, I would be under your kind of line of thinking is that once it's on their body, it's kind of their property. They yeah, can do what they want if, with it. If the artwork is taken from that person and then used to promote something else. Like there was also a football player that uh, had his tattoos that were used by a perfume company because he was sponsoring the perfume. But then they were using the tattoos on the packaging now without paying the tattooist. So that's sort of, yeah, um, that's sort of mass production of of an artist, which, yeah, I I don't agree with. I I think the artist then should should be paid if if it's mass produced in, in that way or used for promotion in that way. If if the if the guy's just running around the field. Uh, and giving interviews, it's no problem. But yeah, as soon as some other entity, some other company takes that image and starts using it for themselves, then then it's sort of an infringement, I think. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way either. So I guess it's a really murky area, and I'm sure that... To me, it's a pretty straightforward case. If they are using, you know, the print, or, or parts of the print, I mean, then it is some kind of copyright infringement. I guess my, how I always looked at it was that if I, I assume that the player would have given consent for them to use, I, I imagine so anyway, that the player would have consented for them to, to use it. So it's kind of like, well, is it because it's on their body? Is it their, their choice? But I, I it certainly, yeah, I, I can definitely see where, so see where you're coming from with the, um, you know, it being mass produced. Yeah, yeah. Especially you see, you see a lot of tattooist art um, ends up getting stolen, um, and people getting copies of other people's tattoos. 
that 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 you can't really do anything about because it's a personal thing and 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 um and yeah it's uh, one person wearing this they, they or 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 copying this maybe maybe they're doing like a uh you know a woodworking piece off of off of somebody's tattoo or they're doing like a piece of embroidery off of somebody's tattoo design um that's sort of a personal thing that, that that's fine you know it's the same thing if people get a disney tattoo disney isn't going to go and come and sue them for having a Disney tattoo, but if no. you're mass producing it, you know, going and taking well, yeah. or taking somebody's tattoo and, and going and like making jewelry or, or, or making t-shirts of it, then, then I think that the artist should, should get compensation for that because they've done the design and these people are going and taking the design and uh, making money off of it. Absolutely. I mean, what that always reminds me of um so to so brock who we had on here the, the sort of badger king tattoo he so he's a friend of mine and he has a, a piece that he drew he drew a long time ago and he's like a it's an axe head figure with like a face on it but on the on the handle of the axe it's got his name in like a bind rune and that's one that pops up every now and then that somebody's got it tattooed. I think it might have even been on on your Facebook group the other day. Yeah, like yeah. It, somebody it got it there. I can't remember if somebody got it as a tattoo or if somebody was yeah posting it uh, that they wanted. Yeah, I, th- I think somebody got it as a tattoo. Yeah, I think the last one I saw, somebody got it as a tattoo, and somebody asked them what the rune means, and they were like, "Oh no, it's uh, it's just something personal to me." And I think Brock was like, "No, <laughs> actually, I fucking drew that." That's my name. <laughs> yeah. I remember I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> but now, hey, we opened that can of worm. Uh, your Facebook page. I want to hear more. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, the all right. It, it we we we. I, I start started this page just for fun. Um, we were coming up to the summer, and um, we've. Had uh, I, I I go to the Viking markets? I've, I've been doing like Viking markets and and uh, you know experimental archaeology out at Lyra, um, doing the Viking markets for the last twenty years or more, and the last several years um, there's been an influx of a lot of um, craftsmen who think that they can tattoo. So um, a lot of amateurs. Uh, popping up on the markets going and tattooing and really bad work sometimes very unhygienic work and um, it's gotten to the point that the amateurs outnumber the professionals on the markets so uh, they've actually uh, been thinking about shutting down tattooing on the markets um, which would mean all the professional tattooists wouldn't be allowed, but the amateurs would still be there. The amateurs are there because they're a blacksmith or they're uh, a weaver or something, and they do a little tattooing on the side in their tent for fun. But we're we're the ones that suffer for it. And and anyway, to, to uh, just I I started this site just because um, this traditional Nordic tattoo site on Facebook because of this. We were coming up to the summer. And they were threatening to close us down, and I wanted to go and like show um, some good tattoos, um, because there's also because of all these bad tattooists, there's also been a lot of bad tattoos, and these Vikings they will again defend it, 
saying that, uh, yeah, it's supposed to look rough. It's done by hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not Viking if it doesn't look a little, you know, <laughs> uh, that that's kind of like the, um, I always, especially because we sell clothing, you always kind of get, oh, do you do Viking sizes? And they mean like, like triple XL, like quadruple XL. And I'm like, like <laughs> what? The Vikings are five foot six. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like honestly, for the amount the amount of times I've I've heard that, do you know? Or especially, we all sometimes you get it if um like if you you stop at a double XL, and it's like, well, why don't you do things in Viking sizes? You're a you're a Viking company, and it's like. I don't think the Vikings were a triple X. I'm, I'm sorry. And I don't want to upset anybody by saying that, but it's kind of like a weird, I find a really weird thing for people to say, almost kind of like justifying. Yeah. And it's, it, that's what made me think of like the way you were saying with the tattoos, you know, they're meant to be rough. And it's like, no, I've got some hand poked tattoos and they're, they're, the lines are pretty straight. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pro- problem is you had, um, what was it? Um, well, yeah, the Viking program. I think I, I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, the series yet, but uh, supposedly there's uh, Bjorn Ironside. He goes on some quest out into the forest and he tattoos himself or something. And everyone figures that they got to go and do it themselves now, or they got to have a friend do it, or it's a real ritual type of thing. And that that that, that that's all fine. That 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 that's how how tattooing started. Um, People just going and like poking each other and shit, and and even when you were kids, going and doing with your mates and in your parents' basements and stuff. But the, the, this this site I started was was sort of in retaliation for that because we were coming up to the market, so so I wanted to show some good work, and I opened it up and put out some of my stuff and some of my friends' stuff to do good work, um, just to show what can be done with hand tools. And that it doesn't have to be rough. It can be just as clean as machine. Um, it just takes a little longer. So it started off very slow and then, yeah, eventually worked up and got about, yeah, after a year or so, got about 5,000 members and then it crawled up to seven and then, then boom, it just exploded. And now we're at yeah, 50, 50 some thousand uh, followers now. 54. I just checked. And like, that, that, that's the problem because you, you get like uh you know you got a hundred times as many followers as you have actually tattooists on the site now so we're struggling to go in like and also working by hand uh things go a lot slower so we can't we we maybe don't have a tattoo to show every day we maybe don't have a tattoo to show every week <laughs> maybe we're on the same thing for a month and can finally go and show it but um you, we, we've opened it up like I've kept it very open because otherwise we'd only be able to show like a couple tattoos a week but I, I also allow um, people to uh, add historical um, designs you know like if they find you know a Thor's hammer or something or a ruined stone they like they can add that um, they, they can do personal artwork and show that but uh, the, ta- the tattoos themselves have to be done 100% by hand so um, as, as opposed to you, f- you find many other, there, there are quite a few other Nordic tattoo sites out there um, by machine. But th- I think this is the only one that actually just specializes in, in handwork. So quite, quite proud of that and quite, quite proud of the, 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 how, how popular it's been, but uh, for, for good and bad. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I was about to say. I mean, how do you find managing that? Because, you know, I, 
I've said a few times on here that, you know, I like to look in the different Facebook groups and some of those, you know, some of the, the, um, the posts, the comment sections can get a little bit wild. Yeah. And they get wild really fucking quick. Yeah. It's insane. I I, I can, because I've, I've closed it off. I don't, uh, because I have to see the work before I let it in. Cause often people are posting really bad hand pokes that they've done on, you know, their boyfriend. I, I did this little ruin on his finger and shut. Um, and that's not what the site is for. Um, and also a lot of, uh, a lot of people going and doing like re- really nice, nice Nordic stuff, but, uh, with machine. So I sort of have to have to filter out everything. So in that that way, I'm able to keep a little bit control of it. Uh, only only things that I allow to go through go through. But every once in a while, just something something just really sparks, and I'll I'll go and let something through, and not not even not even really think about it. And then I'll go to work, and you know I I, I tattoo for a living, so I'm like at the studio like for eight nine hours a day, and I don't, I don't have a, you know, a, a smartphone or anything like that. So when when I get home in the evening and after after dinner and and uh, after I get the kid to bed and I might go and like check my mails and then go and look in in at the Facebook and there has maybe been some shitstorm raging for like nine hours and people giving death threats and and just saying the most horrible things to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you feel I, I, I've commented one time, and 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 that also go, also got I, I I just felt like like a babysitter, you know. You have to watch these kids all the fucking time, and I commented on that, and then 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 suddenly I got a shitstorm about me calling like call all of these people a ba- like babies. <laughs> you you can't you can't win. Well, I mean, when when you've got you know like say fifty four thousand people there. There's going to be somebody upset by everything, unfortunately. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. The group is so so big, and and such a variety of different um, people that are into uh, watching the group for different things. Because uh, you get uh, a lot of uh, pagans, uh, you get a lot of people that are into Nordic reenactments, you get uh, you know people that are into cultural tattoos, and um, and from different countries as well. So yeah, some sometimes you know you'll you'll see um, maybe somebody will, from the uh, Baltic countries will go and post a a pattern that has um, you know maybe swastika patterns in it, and then some one one of the followers from Germany will be really upset about these swastika patterns in 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 this design. Um, and yeah, the pagans. Uh, if, if suddenly you post something that's uh, that's uh, Christian, um, then like either it's Coptic or Croatian or or uh, Viking Christian, uh, the pagans will go nuts about that. And and yeah, but yeah, the like I said, the, the, if if we didn't have the group open, like, like it's open to a lot of different things as well. It's basically northern northern Europe, so so. You know, we also have uh, like uh, designs from uh, the Pazruk mummies, and and uh, you know, like I said, the uh, the Croatian uh, Coptic tattoos and stuff as well, uh, Celtic, Pictish, um, all, all all of this stuff is allowed. Um, but then then you get some people that think that it's only supposed to be Nordic, 
And uh, if, if you use like one of the Icelandic uh, steos, then, then uh, they'll go nuts because they say that it's, it's fucking Jewish or something. Can I just borrow the soapbox for a, for a moment here? Because now I'm going to say things. <laughs> I'm going to sit back in my chair. Yeah, just like lean back, sit tight. Okay. Um, so we got that shit storm because we posted that uh, Vikings are gay uh, podcast. Um, and it was a great podcast. Uh, Amy's had a lot of awesome things. Um, and then like uh, you have a bunch of people who all of a sudden give us ratings for being leftist and, and, and all that stuff. Um, and, and, and here's what I want to say about all of that and people who you know get get pissy about the christian symbols or you know other cultures being involved in in your site as well um those of you out there who 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 want to bitch about that you don't own this culture it's not yours guys like this is a culture and what culture means is something that's shared between a lot of human beings there are some who produce aspects of this culture Colin, you're producing uh, uh, you know uh, Nordic tattoos right and this is a modern culture where you are uh, working with designs that are based off of uh, traditional patterns um, things you find on rune stones and in in a lot of other archaeological contexts right and then you borrow aspects from other cultures for instance the methods with which you apply that to people's skin um to 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 create a modern uh, modern tradition which is perfectly fine right and um cultures are never the closed off systems there's no culture that's an island um not even island cultures um they they always they always interact with other cultures in different ways borrow and exchange and give something off and receive something from other cultures that is also a fact and i simply cannot at all stand when people try to tell other people how um, how they should work with their their own culture, the culture that they uh, uh, associate with and live with, and that's that, that's the one thing that I'm really that this, that that was my soapbox moment, guys. <laughs> a few times on ours as well, where where uh, somebody that maybe had too dark skin. Uh, got a Nordic design, or, or or somebody asking if it's okay to get a Nordic design when they aren't from like the north, and every once in a while you get some idiot that goes and steps up and says, "Yeah, you should stick to your own, and this is our culture and cultural appropriation and all this shit." So yeah, how fucking boring would the world be if everyone just stuck to their stuck to their own quote unquote? Like it would just be so dull and it's there to be enjoyed by everybody else yeah that's one of the things we were just talking about because we we had a uh we had a girl that went and uh, just posted um she was uh it was a tattooist i knew who's native american and she tattooed a ruin on another girl who's also partially native american and i allowed it on and Somebody, somebody from, uh, yeah, I think it was from Germany or the, yeah, I think it was Germany this time when and uh, made a comment about how, uh, you should drink from your own well. And I, I, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant because, you know, with Google translate and then, yeah, I, I always want to make sure first, you know, it, it could have just been a joke or something. So, uh, I, I went and like uh, sort of sort of asked him to to explain what he meant by 
that expression. And then I went to work. And yeah, lo and behold, <laughs> when, when when I got home, um, it, it, it had just gone viral. And um, mm-hmm. it, it, it had gotten so bad. This one little comment had gotten so bad. I, I, I Because uh, it wasn't just his comments. It was everyone attacking him about his comment as well. So he wasn't the only one to blame. By the time this thing got totally out of hand, you, you weren't sure if you were supposed to throw out like this guy that's uh, sort of white supremacist, or if you should throw out the pagans, or if you should throw out uh, you know somebody else that's commenting on this um, because they're they're all going and yelling at each other and saying the most horrible things. And at that point, not one is better than the other. <laughs> Well, it get it just it just gets a little bit insane. And I think also people sometimes need to remember that you know, like you manage this page for for free. You don't do it because you get paid for it. You do it because it's the love of of hand poke tattoos. You know, yeah, yeah, traditionally hand and tattoos. Good, good, the good work. Show, show, show that it can be done well. You know, so you you spend hours and you've invested hours of your own time into this, you know, into this platform. And I think people sometimes just forget that, that, you know, you don't owe anybody anything. It's, you you know, you've done it off your own back. And it's kind of the same with the podcast. Sometimes I get a little bit defensive because, you know, me and Mateus, we, we stack, we give up a lot of our own personal time to do this. And it's kind of like, you don't have to agree with everything we say, but kind of just respect that this is our, our decision to, to put this together. We put this together out of our own time. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have to listen. But you don't have to kind of attack us for it because, you know, we're just doing our own thing. And if you want to go to spend the decade doing what Matthias has done and learning fucking everything you can about seemingly everything in the world whenever I ask him a question, like you go do that and do you start your own podcast with some idiot from from Yorkshire and see how far you get. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had people comment on like like I've said almost the same thing. And had people comment about how, um, what was it? Uh, they, they they have their their right to their opinion, and they have the you know freedom of expression and all this. Yeah, you do. You have the right to your opinion. Um, just keep it to your page. Leave it off my page. You know, <laughs> like yeah. If 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 you want to express it, go and go and express it on your own page. Why why, why are you bothering me? <laughs> well, that's it. And like I I do appreciate like freedom of speech and that whole you know like i i absolutely do support that but it's different when it's somebody's personal you know when it's somebody's page that they've made it's it you you have the right to to run that how you want and to let the people in there that you want to have in there you don't owe anybody anything to allow everybody in there to say whatever they want and you know if you don't like something that somebody posts then it's fucking you can delete it because it's yours mm-hmm <laughs> So that's that's my soapbox moment for the episode. Yeah, there you go. We, we're all getting a soapbox moment right now. Like I said, with with uh, with a lot of these people, because of the language barrier, because uh, the the language um, used on the site is is primarily English, but the the crowd on the site is primarily not. So um, English brings us all together, but but often there can be misunderstandings, uh, you know, little jokes gone wrong, or or, or somebody takes offense to to a specific thing. Um, so I, I usually try to give a lot of leeway, um, but yeah, to 
it's blown up in my face a few times as well because yeah some sometimes That's you just have to have to cut your losses i mean but that's that's also a real thing though i mean we're we are dealing with a moment right now especially when it comes to like nordic culture stuff uh vikings and all that stuff uh, stuff um we are dealing with a moment where you see a lot of americans um feeling some kind of ownership over this um that's one of the things that i'm personally getting pissed off about uh, when when i see some of those comments uh on our podcast like uh, i i'm from scandinavia raised in scandinavia in the north atlantic i have taken a phd in in this history of of of, of scandinavia and, and all of that stuff right and then somebody's like oh uh oh this is like a leftist view on 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 the history it's like no it's fucking not this is this is this is actually stuff that I've learned from a bunch of other Scandinavians at a bunch of Scandinavian universities. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, so, like, but but I mean, what I'm also loving about it though is that there are so many people who feel connected to this. Well, that, that's all. A lot, a lot of people have have lost their. Like, like not not just with uh, with Scandinavian, but but uh, cultural all all over the world. They they they've sort of lost touch with with their cultures, and that's why I think tattooing is becoming really big now, uh, especially cultural tattooing. Exactly. Um, and and a lot a lot of these countries, especially colonial countries, um, uh, you know, uh, New Zealand um, with the Maoris and and and. Um, and Canada with the Native Americans and 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 uh, the USA, a few people are looking for their culture again, and um, especially in North America, they, they they they've lost that, and and if they they suddenly they 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 find this void that they're trying to fill, and if suddenly like he goes and tells them like they're two percent uh, Viking, uh, they're gonna grab onto that and and try try to try to find something, yeah that speaks to them and, and makes them feel good about themselves because they, they felt lost. They, they, they don't have sure. They don't have any background. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think is, uh, uh, that's what makes it so important that, uh, that we can share across the cultural boundaries, but we have to be aware of the, uh, the sensitivities that come with that. You know, we're, as, as we are, you know, we're sitting in these different cultures and it can be really hard to com communicate sometimes, even with cultures that we consider very similar to ours. Like, uh, you know, it's uh, even even between the U.S. And, and Canada, there are cultural differences where it's, sometimes you end up with miscommunicating um, and throw in, throw in a, another language. Maybe the person who's writing something or saying something isn't all that great at English, and then all of a sudden you have so many levels of miscommunication. You know, you, you also have to be, you know, forgiving at some point. That's it. I think I I did a little bit of thinking about this the other day, actually, because I used to be kind of like that. I used to get in these little heated arguments on in these Facebook groups. And, and I actually think that part of it comes from, I guess, when people first start getting into to this culture and kind of like um, learning about Norse mythology and the Viking Age, I think that a lot of people, when they find out these little bits of information, they want to use them at any possible opportunity because it is such a complicated kind of world. They they learn one little fact and then it, that any opportunity is kind of like, I want to throw it in somebody's face because I know something. Yeah. And 
I think the more, like I've certainly learned, the more we've done this podcast and the more I've learned and the more I kind of get to know someone, I'm kind of like, you know, if someone says something wrong on, I don't really give a shit now. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the case of like, the more you learn, the less you care about those little things. Yeah, exactly. So, you become more confident in yourself. So, so you don't have to attack others. Um, often, often people attack because they, they're insecure, yeah, either insecure in their knowledge or insecure in themselves. So, um, in order to feel as though they're, you know, have knowledge or, or, or have power, uh, they, they have to attack others and drag them down instead of going and like helping to build people up. That's it. So Matthias. Talking of Facebook groups, I, I was on there this morning kind of scrolling through Facebook and I, I came across a post that I wanted to ask you about. I kind of just have a general discussion about and it was to do with names in, in the Viking Age. And um, it was one person who was asking kind of advice on whether it was okay or or not to name their child after a god. I mean, it's 2020, in my opinion, name your child whatever the fuck you want. But they were kind of like, is it acceptable? And... Um, so that was that was the first thing is is in kind of back in the Viking age, was it common to name your your child kind of after a god? Obviously, I know you had like Thor Bjornson, which was more like a double version, but strictly would you call your kid Odin? And then the second part to that was there was a comment on there that mentioned a story about a, a farmer who named his children after the sun and the moon, and Odin came down and punished him for this and this was why you can't name your kids after the gods so yeah it was just kind of like a discussion about that and if there was anything to it or whether there's anything in the uh in the history about that so okay yeah so so let's start with what what kind of religion existed back in pre-christian times in scandinavia it is a uh, a non-dogmatic community religion that's based on you know biosacral approach to the world. What does that mean? That means well, non-dogmatic, it doesn't have any texts that prescribe exactly how you should act in accordance with some law that the gods have ordained, at least presumably. Um, secondly is community religion. It's, uh, it's grown organically from the community um, that, that exists in a given location, which means then that you, you should assume that there would be different rules and different perceptions depending on the community. So some some community in Zealand, for instance, in the Viking Age, in the Danish area, they will have one perspective. Some community in the Swedish mountains will have another. Some community in the Swedish, uh, sorry, the, the Norwegian fjords will have another, and so on and so on. Um, that means that there is no standard orthodoxy. They're not. They don't necessarily share the same ideas. Um, and the fact that it's a, considered a biosacral religion is that it's uh, based off like it basically applies some kind of uh, religious uh, ritual um, response to uh, biological functions. And this would be, for instance, having a ritual to make sure that your harvest is going to go fine and those kinds of things. Um, this is an entirely different religion than, than that, uh, than those that we're familiar with in modern times nowadays, uh, with, with a lot of theology and a lot of scholars and a lot of, uh, academics and, and, and priests and bishops and whatever else they've been, uh, who have thought things about what God thinks about us and what we do. Right. So therefore, um, saying one or the other, um, it, 
strictly only applies to yourself. Um, you're you, like, if you think that you can't name your, your, your child after the gods, that's your choice and doesn't really apply to your neighbor. And um, I don't know uh, if uh, Scandinavians would have thought much about it when it comes down to it. Now, going on from there to the historical material, what we're seeing in the saga literature and also on runestones and uh, a bunch of other uh, you know, inscriptions of various kinds from the Viking Age. Obviously, the, the sagas aren't from the Viking Age. They're much later and they're from Iceland. So that's a particular community in and of itself which would have its own history compared to Norway, Denmark, and Sweden. What we see as sort of like a blanket statement is that people don't seem to carry names that are just Thor or Odin or something like that. People seem to carry names that is that are like Thorket or Thorstein or Odinkar and so on. So, so compound names where you have the god name and then some kind of attachment um, that means something in itself. Um, so that could suggest broadly keeping what I just ranted about before in mind, that could suggest that there is a general tendency to not name your children exactly the same name as the God. And there could be multiple reasons for why, uh, there can be taboo, there can be precautions, there can be a lot of other things. Um, so, so, so it looks like they might not have applied these names to um, these the, the people in general. You should also keep in mind that with several of the names of these gods, they describe functions. Um, and that would be recognizable, for instance, in like the 900s. You would be able to see that Odin means the raging one or the ecstatic one or or something like that derived from the word older, right? Um, so, so that that is a that is a function or a concept. That and the question is also then: Would it make a lot of sense to name somebody after a function or a concept? Um, but then again, I mean, we're talking about a culture that uh, frequently named their kids kettle. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think spoon is actually also in there somewhere. So you know, you never know. <laughs> so that that it's it's good to know that ridiculous names aren't just a modern construct. To be fair, no, yeah, there there, there are plenty of like weird names in in in, in the saga literature, and especially especially that second part to the name. Does that kind of have any meaning? Is it like to add strength to it, or is that just do they just pick something they like and throw it on the end? Yeah, no, it's a, it's hard. It's hard to really say uh, specifically why they would have named people that. Yeah, I mean, I I would have imagined it would be like Thor and then Axe or Thor and then Sword, you know, something strong and powerful, not, not a kettle or a spoon. <laughs> there are some, there are some. Like <laughs> kettle or spoon, uh, Oscar, uh, good English name, Oscar. That that means Ausgeir uh, in 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 Old Norse, uh, God spear. There is an Os- there is an Oscar listening to this somewhere. They're smiling ear to ear right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> see, see, I mean that that's that probably. Uh, 
we should probably interpret that as warrior, right? So God Spear, that's a that's a warrior. Um, I mean, that's a pretty cool name, and you can find several of these kinds of names that that that, that are you know pretty cool and like typically mean warrior or or something like that. But but it usually seems to be connected to something um, physical rather than the actual god itself. Like as far as uh, Orstein goes, uh, you know, or um, even Thor Bjorn or something. It's um, no, it's not the actual god, but yeah, it's something, yeah, else. Yeah, no, and it, it's um, uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can spend a lot of time researching the naming traditions in in Scandinavia from like the the, the earliest rune inscriptions where we see names, or maybe just even words that could be names, like the first runic inscription that we have from Vimos in in Denmark in Fyn uh, from about 150 uh, CE. It just says Harja, which means warrior. Could also be a a, a male name though. Uh, maybe this belong. This, it's on a comb, so maybe it's belonged to a person named Warrior. Um, Wagnio is also one we see a lot. So, uh, that means wagon, uh, and that is that is a name in in the Viking Age, and it's also a name now um, in modern Danish. It's Baum. Uh That just means wagon. And that's that's somebody's name out there. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating. I mean, I mean, wonder if um, it's kind of like how if you cre- if you create something, you name it after yourself. So maybe he he was the son of the man who created the wagon. Maybe you know, it's de- it's definitely a, a fascinating topic. I guess I guess from from my perspective, which is kind of very outsider. I, I I guess using the word Thor in there, even if it's not just calling your child Thor, even having something after, it's still a nod to the gods. It still kind of shows that it's not completely like wrong to use, to, you know, to use the gods' names in the name somewhere. So it's still, I feel like it's it's not a negative. Yeah, but still, still at, the, at the time it might be confusing because uh, everybody had the same gods at that time. Now now you have. Uh... Um, you know, religions and and uh, in in every part of the world. So yeah, um, people are maybe more open to use the god because everybody in the community wouldn't be using that name for their god. Just like you get uh, Jesus in 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 uh, in Mexico is is a really big one. Um, yeah. Muhammad uh, being a big big name as well. Uh, but now because nowadays you can you can do that because communities are mixed. And uh, you wouldn't have the confusion going and naming your kid Loki uh, that everybody yeah automatically thinks of of the god Loki. They're, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean you would have that you would have that confusion, and like you said, you've got all the people. I mean, I wonder if if they'd even just look at it kind of being a little bit pretentious, like you know they all if they, if you know if you live in a small village and you all you know honor the gods and you you have all of them go yeah I'm calling my kid Odin. I wonder yeah. if the rest of them would look at you and go, kind of be like, "What? You can't, you can't do that." Actually, did you know? I, I'm pretty sure it was like one of the first like major bishops in Denmark. His name was Odinkar, so that presumably means Odin's man or something like that. Yeah, we we, we named our son Loki. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we we, we spoke about that before. Um, <laughs> 
And you said you you had a little bit of negativity from that over the over the years. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just a couple times because this is uh, before before uh, Marvel comic, uh, yeah, Union and and uh, all all the all the Avengers films and shit. Um, but yeah, we we actually we we wanted to name him. Um, we figured uh, Loki um, because that's like the Nordic Loki. But um, because it's spelt L-O-K-E, um, in English, uh, it would be confusing. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be Loke. Um, yeah. Because in, Scan- in Scandinavian, you pronounce the E yeah, because you have extra vowels. So you don't need the long and short form. So you don't have the E going and making the former vowel long. Um, so any- any- anyway, we were thinking of Loke because that's the, the Nordic way. And it is the Nordic God, so we should have it that way. But then uh, in Denmark, they have a list of registered, approved names for children. And on this list, um, Loki is not approved name. And so then we figured, well, uh, I'm not going to have the church go and tell me like what I can name my son. So he's going to be named Loki, whether you like it or not. So, so we had to go and file to go and get him registered as low key with an I, and uh, they had to go into the computer. L- l- luckily, they have computers and stuff now, so they could go into the database and they could search. and They 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 found an, an example in Iceland that is actually spelt that way, so it was approved um, in Denmark now. So now he's he's actually the first low key in Denmark. Wow! So you can. So you can't just name your child whatever you want. It has to no, be no, no. Well, that 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 doesn't make sense. Wow, that seems absolutely insane that they wouldn't let you. You can't just call your kid a pen if you want to call it a pen. Let's call it pen. Like <laughs> from the Scandinavian perspective, it actually seems pretty insane that you can just call your kid whatever, like here in America. Like I, I am so confused about American naming traditions. Sometimes I'm like. Yeah, your no, first name not, is the last not, name. Not just going and naming kids something, but going and making a specific spelling of that name. You know, going and spelling Christopher with a P H P H instead of two Fs. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah. Like, the, 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 those ones sometimes wind me up a little bit where they've been changed just a little bit. But I mean, but that's the beauty of people, though. Like you can have things different, and I I find it so insane that you can't just name your kid. Well, whatever you want. Yeah, but also in the states, I think it's sort of uh, people wanting, um, yeah, sort sort of fighting for some sort of uh, feeling of of individuality and, and uh, identity. So um, by going and having a name that nobody else has, then, then suddenly you have uh, this identity that uh, is is totally your own, rather than going and thinking about having having the culture behind you and picking a name that uh has a history that's uh maybe been there for a thousand years and 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 getting your identity through that so there's a couple of things i i personally i'm i'm all for people doing whatever they want with naming um uh i mean i i advise caution on certain names and uh concepts of physical material that you don't want to necessarily name your kids after but that's uh, that aside um 
Denmark and Iceland as two countries in particular are very, very strict on naming traditions. And you have to prove a fuck ton of things to, to, to get a name uh, registered uh, in, in the proper way and so on. Yeah, and they would look like, and that's another thing. I think Norway is similar to an extent, but maybe a little more liberal. Uh, and they look to each other when it comes to a lot of these names. Like, for instance, with Loki, uh, okay, they, f- they find it in the Icelandic database, then it's okay in Denmark too, right? And the same with, like, uh, spellings of names. Like, if you can prove that this um, is 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 a sort of, like, traditional name uh, or a traditional spelling or older spelling, then then it works out. But but there is like there are some real problems, especially with the you know uh, now uh, cultures that are newer to the Scandinavian space. I've, uh, I have a friend, for instance, uh, whose uh, uh, wife uh, originally uh, comes from a tribe in the Central African Republic, and uh, they wanted to they had a child and they wanted to uh, the their their son and he he got a, a Danish first name and then. Uh, they wanted to to give him a traditional uh, name from uh, her tribe as as a middle name, and that was a huge hassle where they had to like uh, go through a bunch of uh, agencies and uh, France and I don't know what to 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 get the Danish government to accept that that actually was a reasonable name. So so what happens if you just say no, <laughs> name it? I want to call my kid this. Like they're not going to put it on the birth certificate, man. <laughs> if they don't have a certificate, then they don't get a citizenship card. Then yeah, then they're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've told me a lot of things on this podcast, Mateus. But I this... think they actually have a backup name. Is isn't it Christian or something? Or 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 yeah, one of the, yeah. the, the, for, the former the former king or whatever. If, if if you don't name your child, then it ends up going getting the name of the former king or the former queen. Um, yeah, auto- automatically. Mm-hmm. So it's either Christian or Frederick. <laughs> my my mind is blown. No, I, I had I had to fight them. Uh, I had to fight the Danish government too a little bit on uh, on my son's name. Uh, his uh, his middle name is Atli, um, which is also a perfectly Nordic name and uh, and everything. But they were like, oh oh, because this is still used in the Faroe Islands, it's okay in Denmark too. It's like, yeah, thanks, asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I'm sorry you're in silence. One, this is blowing my mind. And two, I didn't know you had a son. Oh, oh, you didn't? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Like, uh, let's just, I mean, let's just end the podcast here. I'm just so, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was, was also a thing. Because when, when we chose Loki, it, it wasn't, uh, it was wasn't like I said. It was it was it was pre Marvel and all this, um, and it, it it was more because we. We really like the the idea of the Loki character because you you, you find so many kids uh, in Denmark that are named Thor or Thor Bjorn or Thorkild or, or or whatever they're, they're Thor 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 Thor. Um, but a lot of a lot of the mythos, all 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 of the, all of the stories, like all the best stories, are all involving Loki. And I think the church has twisted a lot of it, especially with Snorri and stuff. To making uh, Loki into sort of a devil type of character when when he actually wasn't he 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 was the trickster he he was the same as uh you know the, the Native American Raven character uh he was the one the stories were based on because he'd go and do something 
um, try to do something good, um, get in a bind somehow, and have to think his way out of it. And for the greater good of everybody, like he, he, he was always trying to go and do something for the gods. It would end up getting fucked up, whether it was building a, a wall around or, or going and getting Thor's hammer made or, or, or whatever. And he'd, he'd end up going and getting fucked up and then having to figure his way out of it. And I figured like having that as a role model, you know, somebody that tries to do something good, it doesn't work. And still having to go and like, like figure it out is a better role model for somebody, for some kid than just going and like getting angry and going and like smashing everyone with a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I so, agree. <laughs> so, I mean, did, did you get, with him being the only, sort of the only one in, in Denmark, I imagine it's obviously not a common thing to call you son Loki. Did you get any kind of like pushback from other people using that name because they see it as almost calling your child Satan, uh, I guess. No, no, that's not, 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 yeah, there, there were a few that, that sort of had that, uh, oh yeah, you're going and naming your kid the devil. And there, there was, there was one guy that went and, uh, said it was the, it, this was an online thing again, so they can get oh, away co- with that shit. Of course it was. Uh, go, going and saying it's the equivalent of going and naming your kid Hitler. And I'm just like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Hitler's a surname, you know, of of an actual person. It, it, it's it's not like like the the first name of a mythological character. You know, relax. You just think some people just want to say like the most offensive thing they can. Like yeah, yeah. they don't even they don't even think what's coming out. It's just I'm just gonna say something. Mm-hmm. In Denmark, it's actually illegal to name your son uh, Jesus or Jesus for that matter. Oh, okay. That's the thing you can't do. Yeah. Because Denmark doesn't really have separation of state and church. Mm. Okay. You know, FYI. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. <laughs> wow. So I'm learning all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like it's actually in our constitution that, that, that there's no separation of state and church. It says, says in our constitution, it's part of it. I, th- I, I find that so insane. And I don't know whether you've. Um, if either of you seen the, there was a documentary it was on Netflix for a little bit called Hail Satan, and it was about the satanic temple in 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 the America, and it wasn't necessarily that they were satanists through and through, which they they were a little bit, and they didn't you know they didn't believe in the devil. It was more that they didn't believe in like the union of state and church in America. So they went and lobbied when when stones were put up on on. on government ground like the 10 commandment stones and it was like well this shouldn't be on government ground if you're having this well we want a statue of baphomet here to even things out it's like it shouldn't be that way so it was more like a like an amazing troll of the government but they seem to be kind of making a few waves over there and getting getting some things done in that getting that separation between sort of government and and church which i i think should be there i don't think they should be the same thing oh absolutely not Oh. So that that's definitely a good one to watch. Yeah, no, I've I've seen that one. I I, I love it. There are some great great instances, you know. But but that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you want to, you know, put up a, a monument to the Ten Commandments, then you're also going to have to have all the other religions represented in society right next to it. That's it. Yeah, but but when you do that, they suddenly people get a little bit upset when you uh, when you say that. To be fair, the Baphomet that they had done, the bronze statue, 
Like it upset a few people. I thought it was it was a bloody good statue. <laughs> oh, by the way, we have we forgot to talk about that story that you asked me about. Oh shoot, yeah, let's go back. Let's pull it back. The um the name the the farmer who apparently was punished for naming his, his children after the sun and moon. Yeah, so so this is story time, children. I'm um uh, I'm going to uh, read uh, um, a, a couple of stories uh, for you. There, there are two versions of uh, that where, where basically, yeah, what what happens is that somebody uh, in the early uh, part of the mythology in in the in Snorri's Sturluson's Edda um, ends up naming the the god, uh, sorry, the the children after the night and day, and then. Uh, that turns into something here. Uh, okay, so first one is um, um, in chapter 10 of Snorrisdorsson's uh, Gilderkinni. Snorri writes, Nörvi, or Narvi, was the name of a giant who lived in Giantland. He had a daughter called Night. She was black and dark in, according, in accordance with her ancestry. She was married to a person called Nalfari. Their son was called Ölth. Next, she was married to someone called Annar. Their daughter was called Jöder. Her last husband was Delling, and he was of the family of the Aesir. Their son was Day. He was bright and beautiful in accordance with his father's nature. Then Allfather, presumably Odin, we do uh, just a note on that. Allfather is an invention of Snorri's daughter's son. There was actually no real Allfather in Viking times, but that's another story. Um, then Allfather took Night and her son, Day, and gave them two horses and two chariots and set them up in the sky so that they have to ride around the earth every 24 hours. Uh, Night rides in front, of, uh, in front on the horse called Hrimfaxi, and every morning he bedews the earth with the drips from his bit. Day's horse is called skin foxy, that means shining mane, and light is shed over all the sky and sea from his mane. Then comes the next one, the next story right after. Um, and this is a, so, so, so what we have here is like one explanation for uh, reckoning in time and all that stuff in a mythical context. And then um, the scene uh, where we're getting these stories is, is uh, the Swedish king named Gulvi. He's dressed up as a vagabond and calls himself Gandlari. And he has gone to the ice here to ask them these questions because apparently you could do that back then. Now, um, then, it, then it goes, then spoke Gandlari. How does he control the course of the sun and moon? And Hai said, uh, there was a person whose name was Mundelferi, who had two children. They were so fair and beautiful that he called the one moon and his daughter Sol, son, and gave her in marriage to a person called Glenn. But the gods got angry at this arrogance and took the brother and sister and set them up in the sky. They made Sol drive the horses that drew the chariot of the sun, which the gods had created to illuminate the worlds, um, out of the molten particle that had flown out of the world of Musbek. The names of these horses are Arvak and Ausin. 
under the shoulders of these, uh, under these, uh, sorry, under the shoulders of the horses, the gods put two bellows to cool them, and in some sources it is called iron blast. Moon guides the course of the moon and the, and controls its waxing and waning. He took two children from the earth called Beel and Huki as they were leaving a well called Byrgir, carrying between them on their shoulders a tub called Saik. Uh, their carrying pole was called Simud. Their father, uh, their father's uh, name is Vilfin. These children go with moon, as can be seen from earth. So there you have it, a bunch of rambling about <laughs> <laughs> constellations in the stars. That is probably what we're dealing with here, especially with the last bit. That sounds like some weird mythological explanation for uh, some kind of star constellation that uh, you, you can see uh, um, in association with the moon. But the first part are descriptions, and it looks like actually um uh, amalgamations of like three different myths that are very similar about the courses of the sun and the moon and i think um the, the what you read uh, on the internet uh, was somebody who had mixed up the two first ones where all father took night and her uh, son day and put them up there and then the second one where mundilfari had uh, called uh, his uh, son moon and his daughter sun um so, so, so that's what we're dealing with here, and it's not just all father; it's all the gods apparently that get angry at this um, arrogance, and uh, yeah, then put them up there as punishment. So there you go. Now all I have to do is just scroll through Facebook and find the uh, find the post, link this podcast in there, and say you know, scroll through to about one one hour ten minutes in and listen. <laughs> <laughs> story time <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah i to be fair i find those stories about in, in kind of the mythology some of the most interesting like how they explain everyday things that we have you know like night and day and and the stars and i i think it's so interesting because obviously they didn't know why they were there how they were created and the way that they come up with them is just it's just fascinating to me um what was the what's the one with does Thor throw something into the sky to make a star? Yeah, that's the um, um, that's the end of uh, the story about how Skadi ends up with the gods. That one begins with uh, the the giant Thiazzi, uh an eagle uh, that um, is menacing the gods a little bit, at least, uh, especially Loki. Um, uh, at the very end, they manage to kill him. And um, and uh, then Skadi, his daughter, shows up, and for some reason they're all afraid of getting their asses kicked by her. Um, so so they do multiple things to uh, appease her. First of all, um, she gets to marry one of the gods. She wanted Baldur. She got Njordr. Is that by? Is that the one with looking at the feet? Is that yes, exactly. That's where she she has to choose uh, based on the, how nice their feet are. The second thing that she uh, she gets is uh, um, the pleasure of seeing Loki tying his nuts to a goat, and uh, then pulling, <laughs> pulling back and forth. Um, <laughs> Col- Colin, definitely keep that one away from your son. Oh, I I, I have it. I was thinking of right, uh, reading it to him soon. So <laughs> <laughs> as long as he doesn't try to recreate it. 
do do anything to get the other gods to laugh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then finally, um, they uh, Thor. I think it is. It's not Odin. Yeah, it's Thor. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, he takes uh, Thiazzi's eyes and throw them into the sky, and they they turn into stars. And now, it's for centuries at this point. Scandinavians have been trying to locate exactly which stars. Thiasi's eyes, and I don't think anybody has come up with a good suggestion yet. I'm sure many people have seen them. <laughs> many people will have said they have. So, do they have an explanation for what the North Star is? Because that's kind of the brightest one. Is does, is that a, a thing, or is that not kind of pointed out? So, there, there's, um, um, there's also, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a couple of suggestions that the North Star is actually mentioned in in Snorizetta. Um Anybody who's interested in this subject should uh, see if they can get a hold of uh, um, Gisli Sigurdsson's uh, uh, articles on this subject. He, uh, an Icelandic scholar, he's written at least one um, English language article. He's written a whole book in Icelandic on this subject uh, of like. Stars and uh, and constellations and Snorrastorsons etta. What I'll do is I'll I will I'll put that in the little episode pack for the the Patreon supporters so they can they can find that. Yeah, absolutely. There's um there's definitely one article that I believe is available uh, on the internet out there um, for free um, or for signing up with some kind of like academia.edu or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't remember that there's like a specific mentioning of the North Star, uh, but there are definitely indications that, that that they could be talking about the North Star in, in certain okay. contexts. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, let's let's wrap this one up. That was it was fun. Thank you very much, Colin. It was uh wonderful to f- we uh we planned this one for a while, so it was good to finally get you on. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Um let do you want to just let people know where to find you? I don't. I know you're not the most tech savvy. Um, do you have Instagram? Um, yeah, my girlfriend. Uh, she she runs the Instagram, and it's um uh what is it um uh, just Colindale Tattoo. Okay. And then the the Facebook group is traditional Nordic tattoos. That's one. So hopefully you'll get some people. Yeah. And um, then, then there's also uh, just just my my homepage, which is uh, uh, Skin and Bone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely go and look at some of Colin's work. You have a very a style that kind of stands out. It's it stands out different to to other people's, um, particularly like the beast heads. You've kind of created you created your own almost. Of yeah, sort, just... sort of my well, yeah. I, I was lucky to get into it uh, sort of at the beginning, so. Um, yeah, now now a lot of people, like I said, when when they Google, they're googling tattoos, dragon tattoos, and then they fall across uh, my dragon tattoos. And I bet. So... <laughs> I bet. I mean, I bet you've seen so many reproductions, poor reproductions as well. Uh, yeah, some 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 poor, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like I say, you can you can tell the you only have to Google your work to to be able to. You can. It's a very distinctive sort of dragon style that you have, so you can tell your works. So I assume you can also tell when somebody's tried to copy it. Yeah, it's, it's sort of based, based off the Ernest style, but but it has definitely my own uh, own aesthetics to it. 
Um, I really, I've always, always enjoyed the, uh, the ruined stones uh, from Sweden and uh, just having the dragons that uh, sort of are, are done onto an Ill, irregular surface and uh, much the same way that the, the body is an irregular surface. So uh, they just they just perform really well to be able to just uh, twist them and, and turn them uh, so that they follow the muscles and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean, when, when this whole thing's over and I get to finally come to Copenhagen, I'm going to have to come and stop in and see you and uh, get a little something. Yeah, yeah, you're always welcome. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to do the same thing when they let me come back home once <laughs> sometime in the future. <laughs> I've got a long list of tattooists that keep coming on the show that I uh, keep wanting to get some work by. So, Matthias, let people know where they can find you, find find your work. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, of course, uh, under my name, Matthias Nordvik. I should pop up. Um, you can find the Nordic Mythology channel on Facebook. Just write in Nordic Mythology channel and you can follow us there. I usually, when I remember it, uh, post our uh, links to our episodes here on the podcast. Um, and yeah, also check out my website, nordicmythologychannel.com um, for all kinds of things, blog posts and a little bit about me. Perfect. Uh, you can find me at Daniel underscore Farrand one or at Horns of Odin. And a couple of housekeeping things. You know, if you get a chance after listening to this, if you could just leave us a five star rating, a positive review, that would do really well. We can drown out the uh, the two star that we got for, for being leftist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. I told you I was bitter early in the episode. I'm, 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 I'm bitter about it. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's okay. You don't like our podcast, but don't call me leftist just because you don't like our podcast. Well, it, it, like, I think it was more that it was the, it was just saying that we had a leftist perspective on history as if kind of like, and it's like, well, no, we, you know, especially with you, I, and you know, we've done a lot of episodes now and you, you say things are the truth, whether it's going to upset people or not. But the one thing you do do is you stick to, what is the you know the fact and the actual history? I mean, you know, everything is uh, always you know a matter of interpretations in different ways. But we, mean, like scholars, we train to make qualified interpretations. We don't just like apply some political perspective. That that's the that's the biggest no go. I mean, yeah, sure, you can always discuss whether or not people are you know uh, I don't know impressed by the years of growing up in certain environments and that gives them some kind of like tendency to to direct their uh interpretations in some some direction or whatever but uh and nobody here is making deliberate leftist interpretations of anything at all <laughs> yeah but it's always fun to go and like like interesting to discuss politics and 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 religion and 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 all of this but but uh it's it's better from a historical standpoint than uh, going and discussing it uh, in modern terms and with uh, modern emotions that run high sometimes. They certainly do. I, th- I think, yes, it, it, I, I personally, I think it's fun to listen to other people's um, perspective on things. And then you just kind of, you know, if you, you agree with it, you agree with it. If you don't, you don't. But how do you ever learn anything if you only listen to everybody that thinks just like you exactly and i mean there, there are uh, there, there are actual leftist interpretations of history and they're usually something about like you know 
this Viking over here is hoarding the means of production and uh, turning other people into wage slaves and la 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 la. That's what a leftist interpretation, uh, at least a Marxist interpretation of uh, mm-hmm. of, uh, of history, will begin with, right? It has nothing to do with you know allowing the conversation of the possibility that there might have been uh, non-binary or trans or uh, other genders or or homosexuals in the Viking Age. Like that's not a leftist interpretation of anything. I mean, keep this in mind. Most most uh, uh, communist countries that I'm familiar with have been very hostile to anybody else than heterosexuals. So that's also a thing historically. Right. For the, let, let's let's wrap this one up finally. <laughs> well, you can tell we were quite bitter about it, but. On the flip side of that, it shows that we care about what we do, and you know we want to. We don't necessarily want to always please everyone, but you know we try to be respectful to things. Um, Okay, so the the last thing is just the the Patreon account. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, please do. There's some there is some great things on there. I mean, you get ad free episodes, video episodes. There's two bonus episodes a month, but I think the best one and the and it's the cheapest one on there as well is that you get the episode pack for each episode we make uh for the last episode sterler has sent me a load of links uh to articles that are going to go in there for that episode and i'll put together one for this episode as well with the you know the things we've spoken about and where you can find them and people seem to be finding a lot of value in that so yeah just just check out patreon forward slash nordic mythology podcast and um hopefully you can get some some value out of that Perfect. Thank you again, Colin. It's been it's been great. Thank you. And you are you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, it just flew by. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I know you look comfortable there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take care. Thank you. Okay, you too. Bye.